Welcome to the School for Small Business podcast, where small business owners come to learn the keys to running a successful small business on their own terms. We've been in your shoes, scaling from the basement to the boardroom. We understand the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. And the one thing we know, business doesn't have to be hard. Let us make it easy for you. No business degree required. Join us as we unpack what it really takes to have success. The time, the money, and the freedom that you desire, all while having a massive impact on the people you serve. It's okay to want it all. If you've ever referred to yourself as an accidental entrepreneur, this is the podcast for you. We're going to dive into the mindset, the strategy, and everything in between. While you're busy supporting others, let us support you. Hello, and welcome back to the School for Small Business podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Millard, and today I'm here with Becky Mullenkamp. I'm so excited to chat, Becky, because you're an accountability and productivity coach for like seven-figure high-earning potential entrepreneurs, and you do the stuff. And I'm just like, I love this conversation. But before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are now? Yeah, I'll try to give the Reader's Digest version if I can. How quick can I make this? I'm an accountability coach. Like you said, I work with feminist founders, women who generally women who are trying to build a more equitable vision for the world and using their business as a vehicle for that. So these are people who prioritize people, meaning themselves, their team, their community over profits but not at the point of sacrificing profits. Like it's money still important, but really they want to walk with their values. How did I get here? My background's actually journalism of all things. I did that for a long time, but didn't love it. My brother died of a heroin overdose. I got divorced. A lot of things happened in a very short amount of time that helped me snap out of the shoulds of my life, all the things I was doing because I thought I was supposed to do to be a good girl. And that process led me down a path of what do I really want? Eventually, that led towards coaching. And then once I sort of discovered coaching, eventually I got to the place I am now, which is around accountability and helping people reach goals. And that has sort of varied in what it looks like. But I've really finally found, I feel like, my calling and where I'm meant to be. Amazing. I love that conversation of like that waking up, right? Like it's like, okay, now all of a sudden I have to face the shoulds. I have to be intentional. I just love it. Okay. This is my very first question for you. Do you find that entrepreneurs are coming to you in a way that it's like their business is on fire? Because when I had my seven figure business, probably before I hit seven figures, what I noticed is it felt like everything was on fire. And right away, I was like, I need to be more productive. Like, is that where you're helping people? Like, okay, yeah, you need to be productive. But like, let's get intentional about what we're doing. So really, your job is more cutting than adding. Yeah, I call myself an accountability coach, because I finally realized after years of being in business, that I really needed to speak to what my clients think their problem is, and not speak to them about what I know the solution is, which is the mistake I made for a long time. My folks do come to me at that place of generally, it's because they're hitting some big goal, they're getting close to some big goal, often it's seven figures, maybe it was growing a team to a certain size, but something that in their head, they had decided that was going to be the thing that would change everything for them. Now it'll get easy. Once I do that, once I hire that person, or once I reach that number, once I get this number of clients, that's when I'll finally be able to breathe. That's when it's all going to pay off. 
And inevitably, they get to that place, and it isn't doing the thing they thought it might do. And in fact, often they're feeling even more like their hair is on fire and stressed and overwhelmed. And when they come to me, it's because they think what they need is somebody just to sort of make them get stuff done. Because when they get when they're reaching that place of everything was supposed to feel better, and it doesn't, there's often a crisis that's happening, even if they're not fully conscious of it, which is this like, if this isn't it, then what? And the way that often manifests is then it's like they start to procrastinate. They start to lose their passion. Like they start to even sometimes say, do I even want to do this anymore? It doesn't feel good. I don't want to do this. But they don't want to give up. And so they come to me because they're very smart. They're very driven, ambitious women, usually women, who come to me and then say like, just help me like get through this and push through and figure out how to better manage my time. I hear that all the time. But I do know that, yeah, once we work together, we get under that hood. It doesn't take long before they start to realize it's not about figuring out how to work harder or work smarter, but it's about how to work less. And that's what they usually need help with. Becky, you know, kudos to you. This is a total sidebar, but like kudos to you for figuring out the words because I felt every bone in my body of like, oh, that was me. Like I figured it out the hard way, but man, it would have been so much easier if I had a, a coach who's like, oh, I see you and here's how we can fix it easily. So I stumbled around in the dark for so many years thinking all of those things that you just said, like, maybe I just need to work harder. The very first thing I invested in was high performance habits, like, you know, functioning way too many hours a day, intense, like go, go, go kind of person already. The last thing I needed to do was figure out how to be high performing. <laughs> Right. Well, and that's what most of that's what's out there around productivity is how can we either work harder? And that's that whole hustle culture, grind culture stuff that for most people doesn't feel good, but often we fall in that trap. And then usually from there we go into the, I don't want to work harder. So let me start working smarter. Right. So then it's all about how can mm -hmm. I be more efficient and high productive and all of that. Yeah. And then ultimately I think most people find those are neither of those things are the things that actually feel good. So can you put some like words to the dialogue of like, what is happening when people are realizing like, okay, if getting more done isn't working, and then I've tried to eliminate so like, let's work smarter, I've done all that, and it's still not working. What are people experiencing next? Like, how are you helping them? What are those first steps? Well, and I, this sounds trite, I think, but truly, the first place is really getting truthful with yourself about your values. Very often we think our values are like, as business owners, we do that work. Usually we put it on our website, hang it on the wall. But it's really learning about how do I actually walk those values. When I say that this, whatever it is, is meaningful to me, for a lot of my folks, it's something like contribution, legacy, right? That might be something. But then when we actually look at what they're doing, how they're showing up, how they're going day by day, contribution and legacy keep getting pushed to the bottom, in favor of how do I get the next thing out? How do I land the next client? You know, those other sort of things that become priority. So I think really getting honest with your values. Are they actually your values? What truly are your values? And then how do we start talking about walking the talk, which is much more difficult than it seems for people to actually start to do. And it can be very challenging because most of the folks I work with are really strong, like values driven people. But <laughs> the truth is often those things kind of get lost in the weeds. They get pushed to the bottom because they aren't directly in our mind tied to revenue and revenue things always yeah. go to the top. So that first step really is that it's getting really clear about what actually matters to you. 
What do you truly want your life to be about? And how is your business an engine for that instead of your life being an engine for your business? Oh, that's so good. What I'm thinking is that like we are almost in this place of like survival mode so much of the day that we get stuck in it. And revenue generation is survival mode, right? Like the clearing off the to-do list and revenue generation, which like I focus on profit, not revenue for a good reason. But like that's survival mode of like, okay, we got to survive. We got to survive. It feels like safety. And it's almost like you have to stop that habit loop and that's where I love to come back to numbers of like, let's do a time audit, like your intention is to, you know, be giving back. But then the reality is, let's like, look at the numbers. It's not about you. It's just objective. It's just like the reality is you're not doing what you say you value. And then now we can get to a place of like, okay, how do we make that happen? And in addition to the like objective piece, there's the emotional piece. Because when we're not doing what we actually say we value, what really matters to us, Objective stuff can be helpful. And I absolutely agree with you. I think that Mm -hmm. that's so important. Yet so many of these women are really smart and they can in their brain space say, yeah, I get it. But then it's like, what is the disconnect then and why you're not actually doing it, right? If you know that makes sense, like, yeah, I don't have to be panicked about money anymore, right? Like I have the systems in place. We have clients we coming in, you know, we have all of that. I don't have to be in panic. Yet you're acting from that space of scarcity, of fear, of all of that. Why? We, that's where we have to go layers deeper. And it's usually like there's all of this emotional stuff. A lot of it, I believe, is about the way women and other folks with marginalized identities are indoctrinated into our culture, you know, and this, the things we are made to believe about ourselves and our possibility and what how we should show up, all of those shoulds. That's the stuff that becomes the more complicated stuff. But I do believe that the the objective pieces can be really helpful in helping people have to confront yeah. that, to be able to say, yeah. yeah, the facts are the facts. So now I have to actually start to say, then what else is it? Oh, that's so good. Because I'm like searching my brain of like, okay, what would I have said to you back then? Like, I always just... I don't know, like looking at how things were. And I could see that it wasn't it was never about what we say it is, right? Like there's always like, if you ask a question like seven times, you get the real answer. (laughs) Exactly. I love the seven levels deep. Yeah. Yeah. So good. A lot of my clients, what I have found is the answer to that when they can get there is often things like, I don't want to let people down, right? I don't want to disappoint people because of all of the people pleasing stuff that we're conditioned into. There's still just that very real fear of like, if I left my foot off the gas, then the what ifs, like, but what if we can't survive? What if the revenues drop? Like there's this like scarcity thinking that's there. And then there's just a lot of like the comparison and shoulds of, well, I'm supposed to do it this way. And isn't that the only way that it's possible? And if I'm going to be good, respected, right, whatever, then it needs to look like this. Hey, it's Stacy here, and I have some exciting news that's going to make such a huge impact on your business journey. I created a guidebook called The Profit Playbook, and it's game-changing just for entrepreneurs like you and me. I'm incredibly passionate about doing only things that move the needle, and I poured only the most impactful and highly implementable tools, tips, and strategies into this guide for you. 
You better believe I took the 15 years of experience that I have working with thousands of business owners, as well as my own seven-figure success story, and I'm making it all available to you. We're going to dive in and explore why profit is truly the key that unlocks business success. You'll understand the levers that can drive more profit to the bottom line while still keeping your heart-led vision intact. And then I provide you 30 incredible ways to boost profit in your business. Imagine the possibilities. The best part is the it's completely free. Seriously, it's on me. I genuinely want to see you succeed. And this playbook is my way of lending a helping hand. Head over to the link in the show notes to grab your free copy of the profit playbook. And let's start that journey toward greater profitability together. I believe we can have income and an impact and live a life we love in our business. And I'm here to support you every step of the way. Okay, I have another question too. Because with the level of entrepreneurship that we're talking about, people who are coming in, like they're making a healthy amount of revenue, they have a team involved. And there's almost this level two of emotionally having to work through like my business doesn't need me anymore. Mm -hmm. And a level of doubt, right with like, okay, but if the business doesn't need me, then what what am I here for? So like, I have to, to be a good boss, I got to put in the hours, I got to be the hardest worker, I got to be the first one here and the last one to leave. And it's like, we're killing ourselves in the process. And if anything, we're not promoting like healthy work life balances for our team members. And we're making them kind of feel like, oh, like, she's going to be the one who does it right. So why should I bother? Like, I don't have to step up to the plate. Delegation is so challenging for so many people. And I do again think especially for women, because we are really taught that we are the caregivers and that we have to do for others. And asking others for to do for us feels really hard. And I find that very often that these people who are have been so successful, building a business that often started as them. For a lot of the people I work Mm -hmm. with, where they're service providers who've grown into like an agency model or something, it was them. And only them. And then they added and added on, but it still feels like their company, they're the face of it. And there's this challenge around, well, if it's not me, then I, like you said, then what's my, what's the then point? Who? You know what? That's very difficult. And if it's not me, can this survive? Right. How does that look? If it's always been me and now I start to back off, will people still want to pay? If they're not paying for Mm -hmm. me. And that is a challenging thing for people to work through it. But it is because the folks I work with are so driven by things like family, giving back to community, wanting to do business differently, as in like not wanting to get caught up in hustle and wanting to be able to just rest, relax, travel and enjoy life. They have to learn how to delegate and eventually begin that process of like extricating themselves from their business. And that inevitably that breaking point they're at, usually once we finally get down to it, that's what has to happen. Like that is the the inflection point that they're at of starting to not be able to maybe vocalize it or even fully believe it yet. But with a little work, realizing that what it's really about is it's time for them to start stepping away. So that's really what they want to do. They want to do less. And then how do you make that happen? And that's all around like learning how to ask for support, recognizing where you need support, being able to start get really honest about what are the parts that do are you like, how do you work into your zone of genius? And how do you start to let go of anything that isn't? And that can be really hard because I, I mean, again, and again, I have with clients when they actually start to free up time, they kind of panic. 
right? They suddenly will be like, oh, this is feeling really good. I have time to go do yoga. I have, I take every Friday off or I'm only working four hours a day or whatever it looks like. The things they said they wanted, they get there and they panic. And again and again, I see like a regression of then they start Mm -hmm. showing up and doing things that they don't need to be doing, taking on a bunch of work that shouldn't be theirs, micromanaging other people, getting involved in things that they don't need to, because it is so uncomfortable for us to actually like receive, (laughs) give, pour into ourselves. And so that's something for people just to know too, like if you've gone down this road and you say like, I was doing okay and now suddenly I'm like back in the weeds, that's a normal part of the process. The back and forth, like testing it out, even from a nervous system perspective, it's like our bodies almost don't even want to accept it. I used to joke after tax season when I was an accountant, it would take me a month to get my body out of that like, okay, we're going, going, going. Like if I had spare time in the month of May after taxes were done, it'd be like the most uncomfortable feeling in the world. So yeah, well, and we're so indoctrinated into the system around like with capitalism teaches us that we need to be productive, right? And if we're not being Mm -hmm. productive, we don't have value. I mean, that's very much the lesson that we internalize is like, if I'm not doing, and I'm not especially not doing something that's in service of money, either making it or spending it, then I don't have any value. And so there's a lot of worth stuff that we end up having to work through too around understanding what your worth is outside of those systems and outside of those things that we've all internalized. Mm, That's so good. So with your clients that you're seeing the most success in, is there something that sets them apart to like really, you know, have success really quickly and like kind of achieve that balance? That's a great question. Yeah, I have to think about that. I'm trying to like quickly audit through some of my clients and think about, I mean, again, I think the biggest part for me is at the beginning, honestly, and I can usually tell because at this point, I really try to only work with those clients where we have a really shared set of values and that I know that their commitment to people over profits is genuine and not just something they say because it sounds right. Because if you still have all of this internalized And we all have it. But if you're still operating from that internalized system that says that your worth is totally tied into money, then it's very hard. It can be exceptionally challenging to step outside of that and actually truly begin to prioritize yourself. That's very hard for people. So when I can tell that they actually like are in other ways in their life, showing that they have this commitment to saying, I care about humanity, right? So maybe they're giving back in certain ways, or they're doing some unlearning around the systems that say that certain people are better than other people, those kinds of things. That usually is a really good indicator to me that they're actually on a path that's going to allow them to begin to truly disconnect from the systems that say it's money above all else. Like, because that's what keeps us in the hustle and the grind and the chase when they're, you know, when you're still chasing all the time, it becomes impossible to step away. It's so interesting how we see like the world. And sometimes we tend to see, I guess, like what's around us, right? Because I know that exists. The founders that I work with, I find are almost like on the opposite end is like, they're so service driven, that they're Mm. scared to make money. Right. And it's like, we have these two different realms of people. And it's like, gosh, guys, we just need to meet in the middle. Like, let's make some money. That's literally how we feed ourselves. But let's live a good life while doing it. Yeah, I used to work with probably more of the clientele you're talking about, where it is those folks who are still like, 
they're just, they haven't done all of that other work to begin to allow themselves to receive money, to charge more, all of that. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely know that end of the spectrum as well. And I think that service heart stays there. They finally do the work to say like, okay, I, I deserve to be able to make more money. I deserve to be able to charge more. But I think for a lot of folks where the change doesn't happen is around their time, right? They still are really connected into my time has to be spent doing, right? This like human doing versus human being piece. Mm -hmm. And so I think like they start to learn how to make money, but then the worth kind of gets tied into productivity. Yeah. It's like the pendulum swings. Do you also find that like, if they haven't done the work yet, that it's like, they become like, okay, well, I'm going to take some time off, like maybe it's a health condition or something that's like, okay, you're going to have to slow down. But then it's almost like more pressures put on the team to perform, where it's like, the outcome is no different. They're just maybe managing a little differently who's going to do it instead of like really revamping the system to be like, hey, like we can all all live a life, we don't have to be hustling and burnt out. Yeah. I mean, isn't it funny how the body shows you when you've been doing too much and it forces you to Mm -hmm. rest if you don't choose to find time to rest otherwise? Yeah, sometimes I mean, I think a lot of my clients, it becomes about the panic of how will we survive if I'm not here? And once we start to I get them at that place, usually because they're not yet generally people who've already built out systems that allow them to rest enough to do live their life the way they want. And so when I work with them, and we do that, I'm only working with people who also have a commitment to wanting their entire business to reflect their values, not just the way they live their life, but the way that they're treating their teams, the way that their teams operate. So as they're building, it's starting to think about how do I remove myself from the business and how do I change the way the business operates without me? That necessarily for them will include, and how do we make that tenable for the team? How do we make that something where their lives also look good? For a lot of them, honestly, it's the the problem of caring for their teams is not as challenging as the caring for themselves. And that's that place where that service heart (laughs) continues because they care so much about everyone else that what it ends up looking like is they're doing too much themselves because they are so afraid to make anyone else not feel good, right? So generally with the folks I work with, that isn't a problem where like they step away and then it's repeating the system with their team. Mm, Cool. So cool. Okay. So I heard you say systems. And I think that's like such a great place to like end up where that's the culmination of it. If you want to be able to step away and feel the confidence, and we have to have the systems in order to do it. Can you just leave us with one last tip of like people resonated with everything that you said? They're like, yeah, I need to start making changes. What is one step that they can take to start having some of that impact and maybe feel the pressure relieved? This probably won't be the answer you want because I am not a fan of like one size fits all anything. So yeah. I just, I don't like pre- prescriptive solutions for systems or tools or anything else. And so yes. when I work with people, like I think that's the biggest problem I see in the productivity realm is people try to say, here's the tool that works for me. Ergo, it shall work for everyone and you must follow it the same way I have. Well, guess what? We're all built very differently. And that doesn't account for someone who might be a mom or someone who might have aging parents they have to care for or someone who has some sort of neurodiversity or someone who has a disability they live with or are the millions of ways that we all show up differently, right? And so to me, the most important thing in the work I do with folks before I ultimately hand them off to the systems folks, because that's not me, I'm a coach and I'm helping them 
assess and have that space for that. But then I have lots of referrals I give for people who need specific help around tools. But the work I do is saying, let's figure out you. So we do a lot of assessments and help having using that information to paint a picture of how do you show up in the world and how does that affect the way you work and the way you want to work and the kinds of tools that work for you or don't work for you, systems that work for you or don't work for you. And that I don't think happens enough and is what I think is the critical difference between systems and tools that will work and systems and tools that feel like crap. <laughs> you know, it really, if you want your productivity to feel good, then it needs to be grounded in who you are and how you show up in the world. And so I think for any system or tool or any coach or anyone you're going to work with, making sure that you have that full picture of yourself and your needs first, and then find the person or the system or the tool that matches that instead of trying to say, well, they seem like they've got it figured out. So I'll just squeeze myself into that and it doesn't work. Oh, I love that. That's how I approach things too, is like, I cannot stand the one size fits all advice on the internet. Because you know what? When I was growing up, I wasn't the average size jeans never fit me. And I learned very on that we have to figure out what works for each one of us. One Uh, size doesn't even fit most, let alone all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, I want to say thank you so much for your time. Where can we find you? And I know you have a, a free resource available. Can you let us know where everybody can hang out? Yeah. Well, you can find me at beckymollencamp.com. And on my homepage, there's a place where you can sign up for the freebie, which I have an opt-in that's just the six most common reasons that people start to feel stuck, uninspired, procrastinate, and then just a quick solution, like a way to get started on managing that issue. So you can find me there or you can connect with me on Instagram and shoot me a DM because I love it when people actually reach out and say, hey, I heard you on this thing. It makes me so happy. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Becky. I'm so excited. So much resonated with me. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was me on my journey. So I know this is going to impact so many others. Well, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the School for Small Business podcast. That's right. I'm saying thank you because I believe so heavily in small businesses and how they are the backbone of our community. And I am so grateful that you are taking the steps to make sure that your small business is here for the long run, supporting your family and your community. And I just love it. If you found any nuggets from this episode that were helpful to you, I want to ask you a favor. I want to ask that you share them with a friend because if you found them helpful, somebody else will as well. And it's that concept of the rising tide raises all ships. So please go ahead and share with a friend, whether it's on social, maybe you're sending them an email the old school way. I don't know. You want to send a letter, but any way you want to share, I would just be eternally grateful. And as always, like, please just shoot me a DM on Instagram. I love to chat with small business owners.